For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Dodger Dudes Show with former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and his Sandlot buddy Josh the Duker Luke. The Dodger Dudes talk Dodger baseball, Sandlot stories from their youth, and share what it's going to take for the Blue Crew to win the World Series. Don't forget to answer our weekly poll question and fan poll on Twitter and Facebook. The Dodger Dudes Show is part of the Believe Sports Network online at BLEAV.com. The Dodger Dudes believe in the Dodgers. Do you believe? Welcome back to the Dodger Dudes in our uh, least exciting show of the year. I'm your co-host, Josh Luke, a former Dodger pitcher, uh, Brett Tomko. And uh, Brett, we've got a lot to talk about today after a first-round exit. What do you think? Yeah, we had, to, we had to decompress a little bit. That's why we kind of we took a day to digest everything and hear all the scuttlebutt of, you know, who did this wrong, who did that wrong, why they do this. Why We had to kind of take it all in and, and really – think about how we wanted to approach this show knowing you know the magnitude of what happened so I think we've I think I think we're calm and cool and collected hopefully and and we can kind of pick through some of this and really hopefully give some perspective or different perspective from from how we see it I want to talk about first some in-game thoughts I had as a as a super fan and not a player or coach there's two things I noted there. And then there's one kind of, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. that as I listen to the radio, I go, man, how'd we all miss that? It was so obvious. And, and I want to share those with you to get your perspective. But before we get to those three things, Brett, um, I felt very strongly and I wrote a, a post on Facebook the next morning, uh, just kind of dumping my emotions out about how much I love the Dodgers and what was going to happen. And I'll, I'll, I'll share with you uh, and, and you guys can go to our uh, Facebook and Twitter page and see it. It's at the Dodger dudes. But basically if you know the Dodger organization business wise, and I'm a businessman and that, and, and I, I approach my fandom as a business person always in every sport, particularly with the Dodgers, um, they're loyal to Roberts. And, and there was no doubt in my mind he was coming back. And we heard that today. There, there was no doubt they were, they did, they weren't considering letting him go, but you'd never know that from the radio. That's just how he's their guy. Number one. So number two, my thought was, if we know Friedman's coming back, because they're on the record two weeks ago saying he's absolutely coming back. There's no way he's leaving. Okay. Roberts is going to come back because we know that's how they operate and he's their guy. And my sentiment was, and Brett, I've heard my brother say this last year about Yasmani from a player's perspective. He said, look, I love Yasmani. I don't know that he can come back into this locker room next year with the mental mistakes he made in critical moments. And my point in my Facebook post was, Kershaw's had three or four of those now, two or three of them in the playoffs. I'm not sure if he can wear a Dodger uniform anymore. That's strong and aggressive. Yeah. Give me your feedback on that. Yeah, I see. And I don't, I don't agree with that. You're talking about um, the best Dodger pitch of all time. I mean, you can throw Sandy Koufax in um, to that equation, but as our generation and the generation, maybe since the eighties, he's put up the numbers for that. And he's, He's been that guy and, and say what you want about it. And I'm a huge Clayton Kershaw fan and I always will be because I think 
he's a phenomenal pitcher. As am I. And I think the, the criticism that has been thrown at with, you know, fans running over his jersey. I saw one post of a guy throwing his jersey on the field. I think it's – Totally uncalled for. I think it's idiotic. And I, and I say that in terms of you're talking about a guy that has embraced L.A., has done so much stuff for the city and the fans and the community to not give him that respect and, and know that he's a human being and, and you know – you know, sometimes you get it done, sometimes you don't. And, it, and it's not like, he, it's not like, you know, he's had the games he's had. Yeah, there's been some bad games, but he's actually done some good stuff in the playoffs. And, and you know, I, I think people just get stuck on the numbers and go, well, he's not the Kershaw he, he used to be. But if you look at, I mean, the dude was 16 and five with a 3.03. That's a better ERA than Strasburg. And you would never hear the Washington Nationals say, hey, don't bring Strasburg in in a tight situation, which they did before. It's, I think it's, I think it's crazy. I, I think Clayton Kershaw is the Dodgers. And if anyone has any, you know, thoughts in their head of like, oh, we don't want him back, then, then that's their loss. And they should. Yeah. <laughs> they, we're both going to defend Roberts or defend. Uh, I think we're going to defend Kershaw and Roberts because that's just uh, the kind of guys that you and a guy, you and I are in terms of our perspective on it. But, but let me ask you this, because I'm not saying, Clayton can't come back because I don't want him. I'm saying it may be in the best interest of him and the organization to say, man, yeah, you know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't agree with it. it. it yeah. It's a strong perspective, but um, let me I, ask you one more Clayton question. Well, you, well, let me just hit on that real ahead, quick before you do that. I mean, look at the guys in the, the post-game interviews. You have Rich Hill basically coming to tears talking about Clayton Kershaw. He is, he is in that clubhouse as a leader not only as, you know, the team leader, but, I mean, he's friends of those guys. Those guys, you, you heard them say, we win as a team, we lose as a team. There's no sure. finger pointing at all. So I, I think he would have no problem showing up in spring training and be embraced and loved and welcomed because the dude can pitch. And, and we're going to need to do another show just on that, right? Because when he comes back, he's not the number one, and that's clear. This year it was a little fuzzy. Yeah, now, I mean, now it's pretty clear. I don't know. He's sixteen and five with a three. It's better, better numbers than Bueller. Uh, you know, Ryu just had a magical season. So I, in my mind, he's still the guy. Yeah. Well, hey, and we're gonna we're gonna need to do a whole show on that. We just covered so many topics, but but yeah. let's let's hit what's fresh: his body language in the dugout. It, it's natural for him to do what he did for uh, two, three, four minutes, but it's a tie game, and you're in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning now lot of criticism for him sitting there alone after two or three minutes. Brett, you've been there. You've yeah. been there. Oh, yeah. Tell me, tell me, is that fair or not? Uh, it was crushing to me to see because, I, like you said, I've been there. I've been that guy that has, has given it up for a team. Not, not, maybe not so much in the playoffs like that, but, you know, big games. I've had big games where yeah, I didn't get the job. There's no worse feeling on the world because the fact that he is an accountable person, he, he takes it upon himself. He's not going to say – he's going to point the finger at himself. And he, he knew the magnitude of the situation. And, and as much as you want to jump up on that top step and, and, and rah-rah, it, it's not in, the, in your soul and in your gut. You feel as bad as anyone on the planet. And it's hard to pick yourself up because – you know, then, then there's this, the flip side of, of it comes across like complacent. You know, I thought of that. Well, too. yeah. Yeah. Like I, I well, oh, well, I didn't do my job. Oh, well, Hey, come yeah. on guys. Like, so, and, and I don't think it's a calculated thing. I think he just felt that bad. You could yeah. see it. Oh I mean, yeah. He, it was written all over his face and, <laughs> For sure. and I, I mean, 
I was like, I, I felt horrible for him just, just for the fact that I've, I've been in that situation where you, you know, a, not so much where you go back in the clubhouse because it's a regular season game and you're sitting in your locker in the third inning as the game's going on and your team's down eight to nothing and you, f- you can't feel any worse. Yeah. Well, and I, I agree with you as much as I was looking at it. I, okay. It's been a couple of minutes, but man, I mean, so I don't know if there's a script pace and, and clap and like try and talk yourself through this or get on the pole. He's going to get criticized either way. And that's, what's so unfair. And listening to sports radio, some of, some of those uh, sports radio guys must just laugh at the callers because everybody is so narrow-minded on one side. But Brett, well, me- even some of the sports radio guys were pretty harsh on him, which, yeah. you know, and that's my thing. If you're going to be that harsh and talk so much smack, like, you don't know baseball. That, that's my whole thing. And I, I don't mean to be blunt, but if, if you can't read through the lines and, and understand that the game is very difficult and, and you're – facing the best guys in the world and that happens and I understand like he's supposed to get the job done you know you don't you don't understand baseball good enough that's, but, and that's just my opinion it makes me it makes me kind of angry when I think about it it's just because the fans have to realize like hey this is a tough thing and no one is trying to do bad let me give an example of that and guys I'm, a, I'm, I'm not here to say anything negative about anybody within the organization I love the organization I trust the organization one of my lines I teach my kids is trust the process think long term um, one and, that's, the, and that's a real fan. That's how a real fan should feel. Like yeah, if you're a real, true, sure. diehard Dodger fan, that's how you should feel. And look at the Cubs, man. Jay brought Joe Madden in. He ended a 100-year curse, and they fired him two years later. But you know what? Trust the process. They, they're thinking something different. Maybe they need a younger guy in there. I don't know. The good news is somebody else is going to get Joe Madden. But here's the point I wanted to make. Within 48 hours of everybody in the world calling for Robert's head, and as I said, I knew when I woke up, there's no way they're going to get rid of him regardless of the fact they got to pay him for three years. This is their guy, and they got to save face. But here's the other thing they got to save face on. Their big off-season acquisition was 0 for 13 with 11 strikeouts. So we have to shift the focus. Right. And as you said, this was a team loss. Two hits after the third inning. Well, it's it's so easy to point the finger. It's so easy to sit back as a, as a couch manager or couch GM and say, "Oh, I would have done this different," because it's easy. You know, talking about Dave, the the moves he made, everyone had had given him so much criticism the last two years because he was so by the book, he was so by the numbers. They say he he relies too much and on the analytics and not enough with his gut. So my response is, Kershaw goes out there one two three. Boom, gets the guy out. His gut's saying, wow, he looked great. I'm going to run him back out there. He's going on his gut. And it, and it, and it backfired. So, like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And, and the same situation with the Kelly. Um, Kelly goes out there, punches out two guys. He looks phenomenal. So you go by your gut, like, dude, this is the guy. We got to get another inning out of him. You know, people are saying the whole time that, oh, he should have brought Jansen in right there. That's, that's our guy. That's our closer. But that was – Jansen's the same guy that those same fans were saying a month ago, we should get rid of him. So it's, it's a situation where, you know, he could have made those moves and the same thing could have turn, turned around and happened. And they said, well, why didn't he leave Kelly in there? Because it's so easy to second guess after the fact is done. And you got you to think about what the Dodgers have accomplished the last – you know, especially the last three years – they broke the record for season wins with 106. They went to the World Series, you know, the two years before that. Let's let's think about the Yankees, mega payroll, have more money than 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 the world. They yeah. haven't been to the World Series since 2009. Yeah. But when you start really, it, it's all perspective and go. 
instead of like, wow, Dave's done a phenomenal job of, of being the face of the Dodgers and the manager and being a great players manager, everyone would go to bat for him and go, wow, he's done a phenomenal job. Baseball is baseball. Things happen. It's out of his control. He, he puts the, the players in, he thinks that can get it done. And if they don't get it done, it really falls on the players. I never had a manager <laughs> in my 20 years of playing get criticized for me going out there and sucking ever. So why should they do it just because it's a big, a big thing in the world series? It shouldn't be like that. The players, if you ask any players when they give it up, whose fault it was a hundred percent of the time, they will say it was my fault. It wasn't the manager's fault. Well, and you made a quote yesterday that Brett, you know, I know you and I know your, your soul and I know, you know who you are, but you said, look, I don't ever want a coach to get fired because I pitch bad. No, 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 absolutely. So you know, and, and no manager ever wants a player to do that. And, and no manager is going to put a player in a situation unless he's forced to, you know, during the season where you're down in your bullpen to have a player do bad. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you, you wanted to pitch. There's no one that wanted to pitch better in the world for Dave Roberts or the Dodgers than Clayton Kershaw. I no doubt no, about that. Everybody there's no one that. that wanted Clayton Kershaw to do as good as he could do than Dave Roberts. So to so, put that much criticism on them, I think is, I'll say it again, it's idiotic. And if anyone thinks they don't, they're not baseball fans, they're not Dodger fans. So, and, and it's amazing because I don't have the best memory in the world, but I know that before game five, when people were criticizing the game four loss in Washington, we saw several tweets and retweets. Hey, why wasn't Kershaw in the game? We right. lost because Kershaw didn't come in the game. Because if he doesn't come in the game and they're like, well, Kershaw was down there. He was loose. Why yeah. didn't we put him in? You hear it. That's why it's easy to second guess. It's easy yeah. to be that, that manager after the fact. It's like me throwing, oh, I shouldn't have thrown that fastball right there. After I just gave up the home run, I should have thrown a curveball. Sure. Well, I mean, I mean, it's easy to say that. But in the moment, you're making the decisions. You know, if Kershaw goes in there and goes one, two, three in that inning, and the Dodgers win, genius move by Dave Roberts. Sure. Same people that are 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 won his head on, won his head on a chopping block, and that's what I don't think is fair. You have a good manager, you have a great human being, you know that wants the best for the organization. Support him, and if you don't want to support him, go grab some red stuff and be an sure. Angel fan. Sure, I'm with you. On that. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Down the road. So hey, let me ask you. Um, so so here's what I've determined is one thing the Dodgers should be reassessing as they go to spring training is small ball. Um, and and so here's here's the quote you hear a lot, and, it, and I always kind of go, uh, Mr. Know It All, saying they're built for the regular season, not the playoffs. Well, explain to me what that means. Well, I actually found a finer point that can explain what that means, Brett, and that Chris Taylor was the leading sack buncher on our team this year with two. And in the playoffs, one run makes a huge difference. In the sixth inning, we were up three to one. Bellinger gets on to first, steals second for the second time in the game. He's on second base with no outs. You have a rookie up there. Rookie's got, I think, 9, 10, 11 bombs or something like that, Matt Beatty. But it was that moment where every baseball traditionalist in the world, myself included, who once in a while I'm kind of like, let him hit. It's the Dodgers. But again, we had an astronomical amount of strikeouts. Shouldn't the Dodgers be getting better at bunting? That, that was I mean, that I think, not I, an obvious sack bunt situation. Yeah, but I think every major league team needs to get better at bunting because sure. that's not the way baseball is it is now with all the numbers. I had a I had an awesome uh, lunch on on Wednesday with a buddy of mine, Jim Brower. He's the bullpen coach, or was the bullpen coach for Seattle. Um, he is he's Mister Analytics. We'll get him on the show at some point because if you want to talk analytics. I mean, the, the lunch that we had, because I, I was able to ask a lot of questions, the, 
the numbers and, and what they can do with computer programs is it's amazing. So it, 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 with that being said, the game is not about bunting anymore. There's so much data out there that says, Hey, let's do this. Let's play for this inning. Let's do this because they can take, this was really interesting. This is a, a tiny bit off topic. They can take a guy, say a Cody Bellinger, they know his swing path by his swing, the numbers, the computer can figure out his swing path. They can say, put me on the mound and take my slider. And they know the, there's different numbers of how it, how my slider breaks and they can simulate 10,000 at bats in a computer. And it will tell you what he would hit off my slider with his swing. And that's how they do all these numbers now. So they can simulate 10,000 at bats and say, he'll hit 053 if you throw your slider. So that's why you see that stuff happening. That's, that's how complicated it's gotten now. So there's a lot of data about sack bunting and, and, and moving the runners over that, that I don't, that I'm not privy to that. I don't have those programs to know. So, you know, as a, as a outsider looking in, yeah, I would say like, Hey, let's, let's, let's play small ball. Let's do the bunts, which Washington does a little bit. Adam Eaton's not afraid to throw a bunt down. Um, two guys, right. The first two guys. And, that's what makes them tough. And that's why we talked about it the whole time, that this is a dangerous team. Um, so it's just not the way the game is. And guys don't practice it. So if you get in a situation in game pitchers, five. Even the Dodger yeah, pitchers don't stack behind. Yeah, and if you get in game five of, of the division championship and you try to lay down a bunt and you pop it up, then people are going to be like, why are we bunting? We don't yeah. practice it. So it's, you know, it's the same thing. It, it, you, we can sit and argue it both ways. But, you know, that's just not the way the game is anymore. So we had so many emotions and things we could talk about. I told you guys I was going to throw two in-game um, thoughts I had at you where I just said, it seems to me that this is what's going on here. That was the first, that we're in the sixth <laughs> inning. We're up three to one. Our bats have gone silent. Our fastest well, And that's the thing, too. Josh, I don't mean to cut you off. No, but no, you just brought up a, a great point. You know, all the criticism on, on the moves late in the game, but the Dodgers got two hits from after yeah. the, the first inning, after they score the second inning, after the Hernandez home run. Two hits. That yeah. was it. Which, so by the way, is not all that uncommon for the Dodgers. They right, but you put so much criticism on, on the pitching staff and, and, and Roberts and all that. But, like, offensively, not getting it done. You know, we talked about Pollock. We talked about Bellinger. Bellinger hit Seager. in the last – Seager. Seager, I mean – looked awful. So, if you want to start placing blame and, and say, hey, we don't want Kershaw back or we don't want Roberts back, it's like, do you want Bellinger back? Because he hit <laughs> – he had a buck something in the playoffs, you know? So it's, I want Garrett Cole back too. (laughs) So it's hard to really sit and like, you got to think the big picture of what happened and, you know, not so much. I mean, it's easy, but like one situation that says, Oh, if we did that, that wouldn't happen because it doesn't work like that. Yeah, so so super fan. Sorry, Josh, sorry to cut you off. No, no, you super just, fan. You like striking nerve. You strike striking nerves where I'm like, oh, the I got pitcher's you nerve. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I find that nerve often with you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So that was my first, which is, hey, if there was ever a time for the Dodgers to sack bunts, it's the sixth inning, so it's not too early to get a better bunter out there if Beatty can't bunt. Your fastest runners on second with no outs, and we say this all the time. And by the way, it's not cliche; it's true. Had we gotten belly to third with one out, he can score on an infield ground or he can score on a bad bunt, even if it's a squeeze. This is our fastest runner. We would have won the game four to three, it, 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 assuming everything else stayed the same. So to me, again, super fan, not a baseball guy. That was one thing that, that we need to think about when it comes to playoff baseball in the future. The second thing, Brett, that I said to you, we had a lot of conversations between you and I and our brothers during the game 
the ongoing text, but the one thing that to me didn't make sense, and you have some thoughts on this too, is Maeda has been our, our rock out of the bullpen uh, in the playoffs uh, this year and last year. He has been untouched, and he came in and he threw 14 pitches in the eighth inning, and here's, here's the point I want to make. We were tied going into the ninth unless we had a walk-off. I felt like he should have stayed in the game for one more inning <laughs> so many guys we could say that they right. shouldn't have stayed in but he's the one guy that i felt like why is he coming out right now so what were your thoughts on maeda coming back for uh they brought joe kelly in right who, who um, went out there and punched out two guys right off the bat so, yeah who looked good you know you you could play the game you know why didn't they let him go i i think they like to use maeda i really i really like i th- really think they like to use him for an inning you know he's been extended out a little bit more than that for like two innings but i really want to when it you know comes to it, I think one inning. That's how they like to use them. Um, you know, it could have easily went this way. Maeda goes two innings. They bring Kelly in. He has the same inning that he just had, and then we're in the same situation. So, you know, it's it's hard to really predict what guys are going to do. So it's 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 playing that you know what if game, and, and and it's tough. You know, there was a big thing about you know should they have brought Jansen in instead of that second inning, in, inning to Kelly. And it's one of those things. If Jansen comes in and gives it up, then all of a sudden you're like, well, why why do we bring him him in? He hasn't been great the second half of the season or the whole season. So, Do you know how you know, many it, times I heard in the last two days, Choleric struck uh, Soto's 0 for 3 against Choleric in the last week. We brought him <laughs> here to pitch to Soto. Why is he out there? I know. And, well, and the thing is, I'll tell you what, the, the, the Kershaw inning, if you really look at it, and I'm, I'm not going to justify too much, the pitch that Rendon hit. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how bad were those pitches? The pitch that Rendon hit was a good pitch. Okay. I mean, it was under the knees. I'm, I'm saying it was mid-shin high. Rendon, and that's a big thing, too. If we, we want to look at this for just a second, the middle of the order got it done for Washington when it counted. Rendon, Soto, um, and Hendrick. Those guys got it done. The Dodgers, middle of the order, didn't. Justin Turner got his hits, but the rest of the middle of the order did nothing. So if you really want to start, like, pointing fingers and stuff you gotta look you gotta point them everywhere you can it's win as a team loses a team so if you really want to look at it you know the middle of the dodgers lineup in crunch time did nothing the washington national guys they stepped up and they got it done and that's why they won they they outplayed the dodgers in all aspects yeah it's tough to hear but there's there's no doubt about that so yeah i was gonna ask but, but the this. pitch to soto pitch with yeah, soto was supposed to be a, uh, was supposed to be a cutter away i mean he missed a spot by two feet and, and yeah. when Soto's a good highball hitter and an 89-mile-an-hour cutter slider, whatever he calls it, I mean, he punished it. But the Rendon pitch, I, you know, I didn't think was that bad of a pitch. It was a little bit in, and, and I, I believe he went 0-1, first pitch curveball. Um, you know, so Rendon's looking for a pitch middle in, but it was under the zone, and he golfed it out. But he's a good low-ball hitter. So he throw it right into his Yeah, you've been talking about Soto, too, for the last couple of weeks. You've been like, yeah, I told you, so man. Good. Yeah. Oh man. So, so Brett, what else do you want to talk about about this game? We can go anywhere, man. I mean, there's so much going on here. Um, I mean, I think, I think, I think it's it's really just thinking about it and keeping the perspective of what they've accomplished the last, you know, we'll just say three years. We're not even going to say they've made the playoffs seven years in a row, World Series two out of the last three years. Like you can't. I bet you you can't name. I don't know how many teams that have made you know, two out of three World Series. You're talking about the Yankees way back in the day, but not a lot of other teams have done that. So it's, you know, there's a reason why they did that. They're a good team. They're managed by a great manager. So if you want to point fingers at people, you know, so be it. But, 
You know, you got to look more than just what happened. You have to really dissect the game a little bit and, and remember, remember their fit. And, and, and to the credit of the Washington Nationals, they started off. They've been cursed, by the way. We don't realize that on the West Coast, but these guys have been cursed. They, they started off 19 and 31 to start yeah, the season. Martinez was basically, they wanted him out. Yeah. They wanted him fired. And then they went on a roll. They won like 74 games. It was 74 and something after that. They, they had the most wins of, of any team. They're the, they've been the hottest team for like they've three They've won two quarters. out of three since the first third of the season. Right. Two, yeah. three quarters of, or three quarters of the season, they've been the best team in baseball. And I don't think people understand it. They see them coming to limp in as a wild card team and they just assume that, that they should be. It's like Tampa Bay and Houston. Everyone just almost like Tampa Bay, they stink. Well, they, they won enough game to make the playoffs. They don't stink. They're not, you know, the the you know last place team in the Central or or the East. They made the they made the playoffs. Any team can win on any given day, no matter who's pitching. Unless Tampa Cole's, Bay unless, team. Unless Cole's pitching, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody can win on that day. The Tampa Bay team is going to be broken up. There's a lot of free agents, and wherever Madden ends up, you know he knows half those guys. So uh, I know that a lot of my buddies are out looking for Madden to come to the Angels just for that reason. They want some of those guys coming this way. Hey, Brett, um, offensively. If there's one thing the broad Dodgers can do, and look, for, in my perspective, you won 106 games. We don't need to get better. We need to be better in the playoffs. If there's one thing the Dodgers can do to improve offensively, and then I'll ask you defensively in a second, between now and next postseason, what is it in your mind? Well, I mean, we talked about they they have a lot of streaky hitters. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have streaky hitters that – that feast on the three, four, and five starters during the regular season. I'm leading you somewhere here, by the way. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to play <laughs> you know in my exactly mind. exactly who I'm, I'm trying, leading you to. Or I'm, you? Trying, I'm trying to, but you got to get guys that even if they're street, they got to step up at the right time, and that's what, that's what the playoffs are. You either step up or you don't. And the, and the alarming thing is you start talking about the Bellingers. Is he going to be a guy that, you know, come playoff time, just can't get it done? And, and so you got to really look at that. And it, it, it's the whole David Price thing. David Price was horrible. I don't know how many games he lost. Hadn't won a game uh, in his whole playoff career. And then he goes out there, was it two, with Boston, yeah. and, and goes out there and dominates. So to say a guy just ha- is cursed, I don't believe it. Some guys step up, some guys don't, and that's, that's fine. I mean, that's just the way it is. But yeah. you've got to, when it comes playoff time, whatever you got to do. And, and like you said, we're facing Strasburg and Scherzer and Corbin. You're facing the all fact these that we got are, those three runs early was huge, man, but we got to keep going. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's playoff time and it's baseball and, and, you know, not, you're not always going to have great days, but you know, you got to so, get it done. So here's how but, I'd answer that question. I think we, we hit on this in the, in the conversation. It, it would sure be nice to have that one guy who is a bunter, is a speed guy, is a, even if he's not starting, if he comes off the bench and is a Dave Roberts in the playoffs type, we just have, and I brought this up before, we just don't have that one little grinder guy that has got some speed, that is, is little slap hitters, you know, just kind of the old school player. And I think he would take a little pressure off, you know, hitting one or two in the lineup, take a little pressure off the bombers. Who are you, who are you, who are you thinking? Well, Rendell's going to be a free okay. agent. All right. that's, what I, that's, what I, that's what I thought. Um, I tell you what, watching that guy, um, you know, I even had my one son that's like, you know, hey, well, watch Turner. what happens. Is Turner going to be a free agent? <laughs> no, but I was like, watch what happens if he gets out. There, there's just the emotion is the same. And it's yeah. like you need – and I heard a lot on the telecast. Uh, Jeff Francoeur, um, a couple other guys were talking about guys that can slow their heartbeat down. 
And guys, you know, sure. in a crucial situation can slow the game down, can slow their heart rate down and be calm. And I think, I think that was the difference like that. He, he wasn't flustered big thing, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on Bellinger, but like, you know, he's taken monster hacks in situations yeah. where like there are situations There's no way you where, can slow down your pulse for five minutes. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, you got to find a way in those tight situations to really stay within yourself and stay within your swing. And I think that's where the Dodgers have to, to get better at, uh, you know, in those big situations where they have to, they have to quiet their, their heartbeat and quiet their thought process and stay focused and, and get it done. You know, and there's some guys that stepped up. Hernandez stepped up. Dude hit 429 for the playoffs. I mean, that's yeah. a guy that was hitting, what, 220, 230? Yeah. So it, it's not always those guys that, that are the big guys. They have to step up. There's a reason why they're superstars, and they got to be superstars all the time. So it makes the postseason great. When you said guys that slow your heartbeat down, the first phase that came into my mind was the, uh, Max Muncy. I think he at the play, he looks so calm. He looks right. so calm. He knows when the pitch is. And if they get out, there's like, all right, I'm going to get you next time. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to tell my son. Like, hey, you know, when a guy gets you out, or you're, you can't get upset. Like, cause you have, how many more at bats do you have per <laughs> game or next week or the month? You have a lot. So act like, you know what? Don't worry. I'm going to get you next time. And that was Rendon. Rendon started, you know, even the wild card game and, and the first few games of this series, he did nothing, but you know yeah, what? He, was, he started slow for sure. But when it came to crunch time, like he wasn't, it didn't look like he had his back against the wall and he came up huge. He came up, I mean, massive. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Brett, a lot of people, if, uh, if they haven't listened, don't know that you and I got to know each other playing high school basketball together. And I actually took my boys when they were young high schoolers to um, the sports psychologist who you probably know. He was the angel sports psychologist. He passed away a year or two ago. Very famous Cal State Fullerton professor, one of the most famous nationally. Um, my brother got me his number. I drove down to, uh, I think he was in Manhattan Beach, spent an hour with him with my boys. And the one thing that he said to me that you and I can relate to is, hey, do you think Kobe's going to you know, run back on defense pouting when he misses a shot? Or do you think all he's doing is thinking about, I got to make this adjustment and I need the ball as soon as possible to try again. And, and I always liken that to baseball, right? I mean, for what you just said and what you told your son, when you think about it from a basket, and you and I are both shooters and scorers, so we, we can relate to that. We're not right. going, I can't shoot anymore. <laughs> or, <laughs> or I'm going to go back and pout. We're going, give me the dang ball. I need to shoot again, you know. Right. So, so I think when you relate that to baseball, it really uh, – so let me ask you the same question about pitching. If the Dodgers are to make – if there's a gap in their pitching for, for the playoffs. I'm talking let's just get playoff ready. Um, and, and I know we could talk for another half hour about this, but if there's one adjustment you'd like to see made, what would it be? I'd like, I'd like everything to be a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, it, what are they going to do with Ryu? Are they going to try to resign him? Or are they going to have to go after somebody bigger? But they need, they need more than what they have. Bueller's proven that he's a top-line starter. Kershaw is going to be great. Um, you know, do they try to go out to get a Cole? Do they try to go out to get that front-line, you know, legit number one guy? Because you need – when it comes down to the playoffs, we've seen it. You need three guys. You need three guys, if not a fourth guy that you can mix in there that, that can get the job done. So I, I'd like to see them strengthen up their starting pitching staff. And then, you know, you saw at the back end of the bullpen, um, yeah. you, need, you need strong guys. You need seven, eight, nine guys. And, and you know, Jansen's not going anywhere. So it's going to be an offseason where he's going to do some soul searching. He's going to do – it's going to take some time off and, and do his workouts and, and be ready to go. And hopefully it was just a blip on the radar. 
and his next season is going to be, you know, back to where he wants it to be. But you can't sell those guys out and say they're past their prime. I mean, what was he, 32 years old in that range? Yeah. I mean, he's still young. So next it's year's like, going to be tough for Kenley because knowing the Dodgers as we do, they're going to say he's our guy. We're going to give him a chance to prove he can do it. And the first and second time he screws up, he, he, it's going to be like the last you know, two days but, on the radio in L.A., right? And, and, and it's the old adage, you can never have enough pitching. Yeah. So the Dodgers need to go, and, and you'll see it. All the good playoff teams, they have a ton of pitching. And it's, no, it's not, it's not easy to go out there and find, you know, great guys that can, that can get it done, but, but you have to. So I, I'd love them to get deeper in their pitching staff. I agree with you that uh, I think a couple of years ago, I felt like our pitching one through three was as good as anybody. But this year I, I was scared to death of Houston, putting Grinky in the three hole. You're like, wow. Uh, Corbin, who I didn't know much about coming in, uh, prove that he, if he's your number three and you got two, uh, you know, those two superstars ahead of him, you're in good shape. So I agree with you that I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the top two pitchers on the free agent market this year are going to be Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. Um, I think all three of our pitchers would say, yeah, I can call myself a number two to him if you sign him because now you got Bueller, Ryu, Kershaw, and even if one of them's hurt, that is, I'll put that up against anybody. Yeah, and, and you know, Rich Hill, you throw Rich Hill, are they going to resign him? But who already said he wants to come back. But you, you, I, I, you can't count on him. You can count on him for about what, 17 starts, maybe? I think he's a long reliever. I think he, I, I hope, and based on maybe what I've 17. heard, maybe 17. That may be generous, actually. But you know, it, it's they have to bolster up their, their, they have to have a better, you know, one through four pitching staff. They have totally to. agree with you. And I think I'd like to see him give Rich Hill, and I think this is in play. I know it's not for a lot of guys, but Rich made his money. He's going to be 40 next year. I think a, a senior discount, if you will, because he wants to win a ring and he understands the value of a good team, right? I mean, well, I think Urias will get a shot, um, you know, come spring training and, and see if he can can be a starter. I mean, he's got yeah. starter type stuff, throws hard from the left side. So he'll, he'll get a look. He's got great stuff. So it's just a matter of if he can put it all together and be a guy, he'll be, you know, four or five guy uh, in, in that, especially if they go out and get a number one guy. I mean, it'd be amazing if they could, they could pull the Cole thing off, but I mean, don't count out Houston, not re-signing. Him. Yeah, well, um, I'm gonna do, I'll throw a couple texts. Uh, Reed Ryan's a buddy of mine, uh, the president. So yeah, yeah I've been kind of pr- trying to pick, pick his brain a little bit to see uh, where, where their thoughts on that, but they'll go after him, but every team's going to be going. Here's after. the wild card uh, that Garrett Cole, SoCal guy, Steven Strasburg, SoCal guy. So the chances of one of the two of those guys ending up here, as long as the Dodgers, Padres, or Angels are willing to pay, I would say. Are you say are you saying they're going to sign in San Diego, or no? I'm saying no, whoever's I'm willing to I'm pay. Kidding. You know, if if uh, you know, uh, you, you and I have been hearing rumblings that Bochi uh, might want the San Diego job. Of course, uh, you know, there's there's more to that story. I put it. I uh, we were texting back and forth. I know his son really well, and I text, hey, "Is your dad going to be the Padre guy?" And he said, "I don't think Mama's going to let that happen." <laughs> so, <laughs> I think Boach is going to ride off into the sunset, like you said, and go do some fishing and hunting. Like, yeah, at be- some point, I would. I mean, that guy's accomplished so much. At least nah. take a couple of years off, see how you feel. Hey, he let me will ask walk. You. He will walk into any. He'll be a special advisor to the president. Why of, not, man? He's like whether he's San Francisco, San Francisco, San Diego, probably San Francisco, and and just be you know it sounds bad, just be cash and paychecks, just doing that. And and Boach is great, and he he would be. Well, be an to be an interim for a month or two if somebody gets fired. Yeah, right? anybody would be lucky to have him just being around the clubhouse and and being there. No to help doubt. Out. 
So, hey, you spent you spent some time in St. Louis, some of your better years in the big leagues. Who's going to take this series, St. Louis or um, Washington Nationals? You know, I, 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 I would like to see Washington do it. I know they just beat the Dodgers, but I think they're, they're a team that would be, you know, it's one of those team of destinies. And we talked about when San Francisco limped into the wild card and ran off and won the World Series. I yeah. think it would be – you know, I think it'd be great for baseball for a Cinderella. I, I'll say Cinderella story, even, you know, it, they're not because they're a phenomenal baseball team, but they're the team that has the momentum right now. And, and you know, St. Louis, the, that fifth game of St. Louis, them coming out and sp- putting a 10 spot in the first inning, they're ready to play. And, and, and they, have, crazy, some, they have some guys that can bang the ball, ball around and they have some really good starting pitching. pitching. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting series. It'd be a fun series to watch. So talking about momentum, uh, the the evil empire, man, the Yankees. You know what's crazy to me about the Yankees is they are on a roll and they're great, but man, I couldn't even tell you who their best pitchers are. I mean, like who are they? Because they don't really. They <laughs> that's their weak spot. <laughs> well, um, it's the playoffs, so that look the Astros can score runs with anybody. So that's where I I, I got the Astros in this series. I'm a Yankee guy. My brother came up in the system. I've always I still know a lot of guys through my brother that are in the system. I'm a Yankee guy, but I see the Astros taking this series. What do you think? Um, it's hard. To, it's hard with the way the Astros, their pitching staff is, and their and their top two guys. Grinky hasn't thrown the ball well at all. So, but Verlander and Cole. I mean, you're talking about maybe the two best pitchers in the American League. So you're going to get them four out of the seven games. Can you imagine the Astros and the Nats <laughs> if the matches matchups came? Oh, the Scherzer, Verlander yeah. and Cole versus. Uh, uh, I, I, I tell you what, though, the Yankees can put up some runs. So it's power on power, which is it was just always a fun thing to watch. But the Yankees, man, they're sneaky. They, yeah. every, every, you know, I know they have the reputation, but they have guys that have put up crazy numbers and big home run numbers and guys are finally healthy. And, and yeah. that's that they they scratch and clawed their way the whole season with, you know, uh, guys that were no name guys that came up from AAA. Um, was it Urshela at third base? He, he was yeah, – no one even sure. no one even knew him. And all of a sudden, he comes up and has like an all-star type season. So Ford, He came up like in July, in late August or yeah. something. LeMahieu. Like, you know, I mean, they have – D Gregorius. I'm a huge Gregorius fan. I played with him in yeah. AAA uh, with Cincinnati. And his swing, I'm like, dude, this kid's going to hit home runs. And they ended up getting rid of him, which I thought was a huge mistake. And he's turned out to be f- – I mean, if you can walk in and take Derek Jeter's spot – and people almost don't even skip a beat, know, says something about you. So it's going to be – I mean, both series are going to be fun and exciting. But, yeah, you can go back to St. Louis for a second. It's like, wait, who's, wait, who's on their team? Yeah. Like, because – and not that they don't have big-name guys. They got Goldschmidt, but, like, Carpenter. Hey, Yachty. But, Yachty, but you just don't – they just they, – they're kind of like an afterthought. But, but it's momentum, it's pussy, and they know how to win. That's an organization that knows how to win. So it's uh, – hey, I want to I wrap up on, on my favorite topic, which is uh, the Astros have already acknowledged that they were uh, stealing pitches <laughs> from uh, Glasnow, and he's the one that, that admitted it. Is this a thing in baseball? Are all the teams doing this now? Well, I, I don't think so. I just think there's a few, team, a few guys around. Um, the funny thing it was I, I heard that, and then I was like, well, it's – it's always the pitchers like fall back. Like I think I might have been tipping pitches, and then I saw some video of yeah, of, I heard the of the guy. I saw ridiculous. some video of the Astro guys like talking and sh- and showing their hands, and then I saw a breakdown of um in his set position, his fastball where his hands were set, and his curveball where I'd probably say six inches lower where he's set, like yeah. a, a, enough to be like that's 
very obvious that you went through that for a while and, so yeah and you could that. see guys he went through a curveball guys didn't even like even get ready to swing yeah like they knew what was coming it's, but, that's crazy man it's yeah so i mean and that some guys like to know that some guys don't but obviously houston they, they like knowing it that's just so crazy man hey and uh one more thing and your brother asked about this what the heck was kershaw doing throwing from the stretch is that because the word yeah, was I, out that he was tipping his pitches i don't know First I, thing I, I thought I, of you know it's my favorite topic now yeah <laughs> pitch tipping um one pitch it's gonna be a college course you're gonna uh yeah, that's right let's develop it man make some money off of that pitch tipping 101 um you know, I, I, the funny thing is, I didn't even notice it. With like, guest I just watched speaker Alex Cora and Jim Edmonds. <laughs> right. <laughs> Special guest Eduardo Perez. Yeah, um, yeah I, I didn't even notice it. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I've been well, in situ- it, it was only three pitches, man. So. I've been in situations where you're, it's so intense and you're going, and all of a sudden, you know, you have your, you're in the stretch and you get a double play and you have two outs and you go into the stretch because like, you're not – you almost don't even think about it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just something he, he has, he was swimming in his head a little bit. I, I have no idea, but it happens. I can't say I haven't done it before. Yeah. Well, Hey guys, we're going to let our hearts mend for a few days. We'll be back before the world series to do another episode. If not sooner, I'm going to go with uh, the nationals and the Astros largely because I think that would be an, I'm a, I'm a fan of baseball. Those pitchers duels would be absolutely sick. Even, even Corbin and Grinky. I mean, it'd be great to see that matchup. I'm not going to assume that happens, but that's kind of, even though I'm a Yankee guy, forgive me, uh, forgive me. Uh, for for saying it, I just love to see the Astros and the Nationals in the World Series because of pitching. Brett, what are you thinking? The only thing that I'm going to say is, is the the only question mark with Washington, and we'll have to watch this. They won't be able to use their starting pitchers coming into relief in a in a seven game series like they did in a five game series because there's yeah. just they those guys are going to have to make starts. So we're going to see more of their middle relief, which is not their strong suit, and maybe their Achilles heel. So that's, I think, their only weak point. But I, I'd like to see Washington against Houston also. I think it would well, be – got to tell you, Sanchez was as good against yeah. the Dodgers as anything. Well, he's got, he's got game one. They announced yeah. him as a game one starter. So, yeah, that's what I was saying. You need, you need one through three, if not four, when it comes yeah. to the playoffs. And Annabelle Sanchez is a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you, but the way that Martinez managed, that guy is the definition of we got the refrigerator and we're going to throw it at you every single night if we have to because one win is all we can get today. So I don't disagree with you, but man, I think, I think in games five, six, and seven, everything's on the table. So anyway, Hey guys, we're the Dodger dudes. Uh, Brett's not going on the record picking a winner again. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, Hey, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun playoff rest of the playoffs to watch. Yeah. So guys, uh, as Brett said, uh, from a player's perspective in particular, if you're a fan, be a fan. Um, don't call for people's heads. Uh, the team knows that they uh, fell short. Uh, the ownership knows that they fell short. If you think you're disappointed, imagine being them right now, guys. But, hey, um, we're going to have a long off season. We're going to prepare for next year, and we're going to think preparing for playoff victories, not preparing for 106 wins and see if we can do something a little differently. For the Dodger Dudes signing off, Brett, thanks again for all that great insight, man. All right, buddy. Thanks for tuning in to the Dodger Dudes show with the former Dodger pitcher Brett Tomko and Josh the Duker Luke. Whether you're at the stadium, on your couch, or at work, don't forget to interact with the hosts on social media at the Dodger Dudes on Twitter and Facebook. That's the Dodger Dudes on both Twitter and Facebook. Check out other SoCal sports podcasts at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Now go vote on our Twitter and Facebook fan poll and tune in again soon. Game on.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.